Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Tom Green Interview. I am excited to announce I am now on the road. I am traveling across America in my van. And uh, this is such a thrill. Now, this may or may not have been recorded moments before or days before I shipped off in the van. So uh, let's just uh, look at it like that. Uh, This show is not live. It's not real time. But uh, when you are listening to this, odds are I am in the van, probably living out on the open range. I don't know if I'm in New Mexico or Texas or where I am specifically, but I'm somewhere. And I'm probably sleeping under the stars and cooking on an open flame. Right now, as this is being recorded, I'm anticipating leaving in a few days, uh, probably about five or six days I'll be leaving. Uh, My van is being delivered uh, that I've purchased. It's being delivered uh, early next week. And so this is where my headspace is right now. And I'm excited and I'm thrilled. So what I've done is I've given out my phone number on Instagram. And I have my Instagram streaming right now. And I'm asking you, uh, my viewers and listeners, to give me a call. And uh, I'm going to take a few calls off the top of the show. And then we'll be speaking... With Macaulay Culkin. How cool is that? Macaulay Culkin, you know, from Home Alone, of course. We've known Macaulay Culkin our whole lives. Uh, One of the biggest uh, child stars of all time who has gone on to have an amazing career. He's got an incredible podcast company uh, now and website called BunnyEars.com, which is hilarious. And uh, he calls me uh, on this episode from his home in Los Angeles, and we talk about what he's been up to, and he's, he's, been, he's up to some really interesting stuff, and I'm not going to give it away, but I think you're, you're going you're gonna, to uh, enjoy the conversation, and he also tells some amazing stories, uh, one that I particularly loved about uh, working with John Candy and Uncle Buck, so lots of, uh, lots of amazing uh, conversation coming up momentarily with the great, legendary Macaulay Culkin, but let's take a call and see what you think of what I'm about to do and what I'm doing now, moving into a van, van life. Hello, you're on the air on the Tom Green... Hello? Hi, you're on the air on the Tom Green interview. What's your name, my friend? Hey, my name's uh, Todd. Todd, Todd. And where are you calling from, Todd? Calling from Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. I love Nashville. I love going down to Nashville. I like to perform at Zany's Comedy Club in Nashville. I like to head out to the Honky Tonks. Oh, yeah, bud. (laughs) We get her done there, eh? Oh, yeah. Canadians in Nashville. I bet you get a lot of Canadians coming down to Nashville causing some problems, huh? Uh, Every now and then. Every now and then, huh? Every now and then. Yeah. So what do you think about what I'm about to do? Oh, I love it. Um... Uh, you know, watching you prepare and uh, Charlie and uh, all the um, equipment and thought that you're putting into your 
to your trip. I, I can't wait for it to start. Yeah, I really want you to know that on my social media, not not just on this radio version of my pod, like this podcast, which I call radio, but it's a podcast, audio only, I guess I'm trying to say. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I'll be updating everybody on the Tom Green interview. But on my social media, on Instagram, on my YouTube channel, certainly youtube.com slash Tom Green, there's going to be some very cinematic uh, depictions of what's going on. I've really been uh, stepping up my... Uh, photography and videography game and uh, you can expect to get some really great visuals I'm going to be going to some amazing places and probably if you're listening to this right now uh, then that means I'm already on the road so go to youtube.com slash Tom Green and Instagram at Tom Green to get some visuals of what we're talking about right now but uh, Mm -hmm. is, is there anything that you're from Nashville you're a country boy right uh, yeah, I'm, I'm from Nashville, yes. Yeah, you're a country boy, right? Uh, uh, sort of. Yeah, I mean, you're from Nashville, right? You're country, right? Yeah. Well, um, I'm, I'm from Nashville, but I'm not so much country. Uh, maybe some. I mean, but compared to somebody that's not from Nashville, like someone that's from Manhattan, oh, yeah. like someone that's from Manhattan, right? Sure. You're sure. more. You're more country than that guy, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think you're more country than me? Um, maybe a little. You do. Huh? I think we both mm. we both like the outdoors. Yeah, yeah. Who do you think, uh, if if forced to uh, into a competition of catching a largemouth bass, who do you think would catch a, a largemouth bass first, and what bait would you use? I, I think you would win, and I would probably go with uh, either a, a, a lure or probably a worm. Maybe a worm. I, I think you would win. A worm. It's a good choice. Uh, I'd put a worm on a spinner. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. I'd, yeah. I'd sort of combine the two. I'd, I'd, put, I'd, I'd use a spinner with a worm on it. You know, it's, it's look, it's the luck of the draw. Sometimes you just got to keep your line in the water. With a float. Yep. Oh, yeah, you'd use, I, I call them bobbers up in Canada. We call them bobbers. A float. Yeah, a bobber. Yeah. Yeah, a, a, flo- a float is the best way to go. That way it, it lets you know something's happening. Yeah, yeah, you'd probably get your, you'd probably get a rock bass or something, though. I'm talking, I want a largemouth. I want a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, listen, I think we've established we both know enough about largemouth bass that it probably would be a draw. But because you live in Nashville, I'm going to say you're more country than me because I'm from the big city of Ottawa and I live in Los Angeles now. But I did grow up going out into the woods a lot. I do understand survival, okay? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not nervous about this. I'm excited about this. I'm going to be cooking for myself on an open flame. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be uh, living in the wild, off the grid, myself and my dog, Charlie. But what is something that, if you were to think, oh, there's something this guy forgot, what do you think it is that I forgot? And what should I, what should I remember to do? And I'll tell you right now whether or not I forgot it or not. Okay. Uh, I've actually been thinking about that, and uh, it seems that you have all your bases covered. I, I am. What about uh, Charlie's dog food? I'm bringing food for the dog. Yep, I got that Is covered. It, it's the uh, the dry kind or the wet. Well, she likes a mixture, so I'm bringing both, bringing cans and mm-hmm. and and dry. Yeah. But I've got that covered. I'm not I'm not I'm not so I'm not such a city guy that I'm going to forget to feed my dog just cuz I drove out into the woods. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Give me another example. I'm talking more like survival, uh camping, outdoors, uh woodsman, uh lost in the woods hiking. 
What kind of things do you think that I need to have with me that that you think maybe um, I don't have? And I'll tell you if I have it or not. Strike so, one. Um, strike one. By the way, I, I won that one. <laughs> I've got dog food. Okay, go. Give me another. I, I think one of my main concerns is. So I, I know that you're capable and and prepared, but my my concerns are are maybe uh, other people. Uh, wandering up on you and without before you can react wandering up on me and whip out before i can react whip out no, what no. no 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 uh um wandering <laughs> wandering on you um like oh there's a nice van let's go look at this van and then oh there's a man inside with the dog like um sort of uh, i know you're prepared but then I, i'm i have a concern about uh your possible safety from other people yeah, this is a very American sort of way of looking at uh, the situation. And I'm not saying that in any sort of sure. demeaning way. I mean, I'm American. I became a, a U.S. citizen uh, uh, last year and proud to be here. And I love this country. But there is always mm-hmm. this sort of element of, are you afraid of other people? Okay. Because uh, right. as, as I've been preparing to go on this trip, I've gotten this question a lot. Are you worried about lunatics? Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm not actually worried about other people because I actually, first of all, I get along with everybody I meet. And uh, frankly, the fact of the matter is, is I'm going to be going to places that are so remote, that are so mm-hmm. off the beaten track, places mm-hmm. that I have discovered through weeks and weeks and months and months of research. I don't mm-hmm. really expect somebody to be wandering up. I'm not camping out in the Walmart parking lot, okay? I'm not I'm not I'm not sure. camping out uh on uh you know the campground on the outskirts of town uh or or at the local beach where there's, you know, I, I'm I'm off grid, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh I'll be lucky if I have any cell phone reception, okay? I am Well, so <clears throat> So you're off grid, but what if someone else is off grid and that other person uh, gets ideas? That, that's my concern. See, this is this is what I'm saying about the sort of American, you know, you're, you're, there's, a, there's a distrust for your fellow citizen there, right? Here's the thing. Uh, here's the, here's the thing you got to <laughs> understand. Okay, and this is just my opinion. All right, take it or leave it. Sure. Most of right. these kinds of um, crimes. Okay, happen mm-hmm. because you know they happen because you're a you're in the city. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people in one place, all packed together. Uh, wrong place, yeah. wrong time. The kind of place that I am going to be, let's just be be, be clear, is so extreme, <laughs> so extremely remote that nobody's just going to mm-hmm. stumble upon me there. Anybody who that is also there is somebody that's probably a pretty interesting person, probably an expert in some area. And uh, Mm -hmm. they're not driving down this road looking for someone to rob. Uh, They're probably uh, a hunter or a fisherman or an outdoors person. And usually people Mm -hmm. like that are pretty salt of the earth people that I trust. Uh, So I'm not really Mm -hmm. expecting to run into any sort of you know, a lot of these kinds of crimes happen because they happen, 
you know, it's almost like a crime of opportunity. Somebody is on drugs. Somebody is like, you know, uh, uh, mentally unstable and they come around a corner and there's a car and it's the doors open and a crime happens and then a fight happens and then there's a crime. Right. Right. That's not going to occur where I'm going. That's not going to occur where I'm going. Um, and I'm also uh, I'm, I'm 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 very 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 good. Uh, I'll continue my answer. I'm very very good at um, um, conflict de-escalation. Uh, for years mm-hmm. and years and years on my television show, uh, I would go out uh, and interview people, and sometimes things would get a little uh, uh, hot tempered. And I always know mm-hmm. how to take it down because I'm very good with people. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the times, I think, in America, the reason why there's so much of this violence going on is because people move towards it, right? You know, know, if someone comes at you, you have two options. One option is retreat, right? You know, I could could start my van and drive away without saying anything. Or I could say, (laughs) hey, what's your problem, man? What's your problem? Right? Right. If you come at somebody like that, they're going to come back at you. It's going to escalate. And a lot of people mm-hmm. escalate a situation that could be easily de- be de-escalated just by walking away. So you can, you're very, sure. very safe if you don't amp up these kinds of situations. So let's just say I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very comfortable uh, and, and feel very safe. Uh, and it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful trip out in nature. And I'm really really looking forward to it right not nervous at all and i I would i would take that as a a a little bit of a lesson from a canadian to my Mm -hmm. american friend um Mm -hmm. if you ever feel like you're in a situation where you are threatened okay walk away that's good advice just walk away in in a simple in a simple uh, solution, just check your pride. You don't have to show that you're a big macho man and get in a big argument because you know that's when things escalate and get get beyond your control. You have to have mm-hmm. good, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in quotes: situational awareness. Okay, if you have mm-hmm. good situational awareness, meaning you're observant, you're you're looking at your surroundings. You see this, the car coming up the road. You see the person walking towards you. If you have good situational awareness, you should, you should be able to identify a potential threat before it even becomes one and retreat, walk away. If you see someone that looks a little shady and they're coming towards your space, walk away, drive away. Don't stand there. Don't, don't, don't try to talk to this person. Don't try to get into some sort of aggressive conversation with this lunatic. Just walk away. Nobody is such a lunatic that they are going to chase you down a dirt road in their car for no reason. No. I feel very secure. So there's my long answer to a short question. And uh, I think everybody around the world could all uh, could all do that I think we should all do that walk away take a breath de-escalate with everything that's going on in this country right now calm down exactly 
<laughs> you don't have right. to be right all the time. It is not a, you know, an, an assault on your intellectual, uh, you know, abilities or, or your pride if somebody disagrees with you. You know, you just walk away. You don't have to argue about everything. Life is too short. All right. Thanks for calling, man. I appreciate it. Well, Tom, I really enjoy your show. I, I know a lot, a lot of people do also, and um, I think you're a great guy, and you really, um, you really uh, are a good minister of uh, happiness and hope during this time. I appreciate it, my friend. I appreciate it, and I can't wait to get back to Nashville and come do some stand-up at Zanies. It's one of my favorite, favorite cities in, in this great country, and I, I look forward to it, and uh, I'll see you soon. Y'all be careful now. Okay. God bless you, Tom. All right. God bless you, too. Bye. And there we go. Wasn't that great? We had a nice conversation with a nice gentleman from Nashville, and I thought that went good. And you know what? I think we only really had one time for one call, because uh, now it's time to talk to uh, the legendary Macaulay Culkin, and uh, this is going to be so much fun, so... The man needs no introduction. Uh, We've been uh, fans of his since we were little kids, and he was a little kid too. So here he is, Macaulay Culkin, on the Tom Green interview. Thanks, everyone. Macaulay. Hello. Hello. (laughs) How you doing, man? Good. Am I coming in loud and clear? It sounds great. You sound you sound amazing. Where are you? What do you do? Are you are you in, on your cell phone? Are you driving? Are you at your studio? What what? Where are you? Paint a picture for us. Where you are right now? <laughs> uh, I'm in my house. Obviously, I'm still still quarantining. You know, just uh, like you know, like like most of us uh, are or should be doing. Um, I'm in my office. Actually, my lady just got me a, a stand up arcade machine for. Um, for my birthday in the last like month, so I'm kind of I'm si- I'm using it almost as a desk now. Nice. So I'm kind of sitting at my yeah I'm sitting at my desk. It's a Polybius. Well, I, I have I made so it looks like a Polybius machine, and so yeah I'm sitting at my Polybius machine in my office. Yeah. That's what 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 video game is it? Uh, it's it's uh, it's one of those uh, like um, like emulators. So it has like a couple hundred games oh. on it, kind of thing. So oh, yeah. It- so you know we. I have all the double dragons you could ever want, my friend. Oh, man, I, that's amazing. I have a Miss Pac-Man uh, arcade game that I've had for 20 years or something like that in my living room. But I've uh, often thought that would be the one that I would get next, the multi-game. Is your favorite game that you have? Uh, not necessarily, no. But, you know, I've been, but I've been enjoying, like, the throwback kind of things. Like, I didn't even realize. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I used to play that Aerosmith shooting game from, like, the early 90s. And, like, <laughs> let me... Let me let me try that, you know. Like yeah, so and, like yeah, I've been playing 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 that a lot, you know. Yeah, playing that in like NBA jams and you know, like yeah, kind of very nostalgic. You know, I think that's kind of the point of these machines anyway. Like it's nostalgia, really. I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember video games when, you know, when I was a kid, they were the first sort of glimpse of the future. Like this was, you know, Space Invaders. I remember seeing Space Invaders. First of all, Pac-Man. I remember seeing Pac-Man thinking, that's very futuristic. I remember Pong. The first time I saw Pong was the first time I saw, you know, the ability to control the television. You know, you, you, you turn the knob and you're moving something on the television. It was also out of this world. Are, yeah, are, it's it's like magic, you know, yeah. yeah. The future, you know, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, 
I love technology. I first of all, I had so much fun in your podcast. Uh, how long ago was that? Now I came into your podcast. Was that a year ago or uh... that was over? That was over. It was like a year and a half ago, something like that. It was right before I moved, I think. So yeah, about a year and a half ago. That was so much fun. I remember we did it. At, I think it was like like nine in the morning or something like that. And it, was, it was way, way too early. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was surprised because I got there and, and, you know, it was okay, I'll, we'll do it in the morning. And I got there and, you know, you were in your pajamas and, uh, you know, I, I would have worn my pajamas too. But then, you know, we had some cigarettes and uh, had, a, yeah. had a good chat. Smoking, smoking cigarettes with Macaulay Culkin. You know, we, we had some... Uh, some, what, we had some Pinot Grigio, I think, you know, yeah. It was nice. It was, up a storm. it was a nice, yeah. sensible way to, to wake up and do a podcast. Absolutely. So, I mean, was that, was that near the beginning of bunny ears or, or, because, uh, because uh, you had your, had your bunny ears on for the podcast and, uh, oh, but, oh, it, it ha- my headband. yeah, but was that near the beginning of the whole bunny ears concept or, or, cause it, I've, I've, I love it. I mean, I can't, I can't, I've sort of been looking at the website and just sort of laughing my ass off at the outrageousness of it all. How did that all start? Uh, you know, it was actually funny. It was my, uh, uh, I'm, I'm friends with uh, Sarah Michelle Geller, and this was like a couple of years ago. And she said, oh, she was like starting like a lifestyle brand kind of thing, like a food thing, this and that. And I said, oh, I should start my own lifestyle brand, you know, like, like you know, about whiskey and cigarettes, you yeah. know, like that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And so then it, it, it kind of, like, that was kind of the, the, the uh, the little acorn that kind of like started kind of growing from there. Something I kind of kicked around in my head for a couple of years, and then um, yeah, kind of got a, a group of people together, and we started kind of just doing that. And then it kind of you know it was it, it started out more as like a you know a general like kind of like like a, a take on general style things like goop, yeah, so, you know tr- pretty much trying to take the piss out of those kind of things a little bit. Uh, um, and uh, we got very fortunate. It was like, you know, it was, it was funny because it was one of those things where like uh, cracked.com, uh, I think had just kind of shut down around that time. Uh, I think like the onion laid off a bunch of people like that kind of thing. And so, like, great. I, there was all these great free agents out there. And then I had this, like this pause and I was like, wait a second, why is everyone getting out of this game? <laughs> you know, like, wait, am I getting in? Am I getting in at the worst? Level? Why is everyone getting fired? You know, yeah. That's funny. Because I was going to say, it, it definitely has like a really kind of a mad magazine, cracked kind of national lampoon vibe to it. I mean, just just the, just even right now on, on bunnyyears.com, like the, you know, that, the headlines, you know, vegan alternatives to egging a house, right, is an article. <laughs> You know, yeah. Just, just, yeah. just, and then you open up the article, and there's a list of vegan alternatives to egging a house, yeah. and it just you know yeah. good good ideas like spit on them, you know, yeah. Take Wait. a dump on Why their not? take a dump on their front doorstep, you know. Uh, you know, uh, you our, editorial, our editorial meetings have always been a, a, a very very interesting, you know, yes, very fun. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be so much fun. So, so I mean, how did? So you've got all these great writers that are working there at, at bunnyears.com. And do you go into an office to do that normally? Or is everyone working from home now because of the pandemic? But is, is does everyone get yeah, together you know, and come up with this stuff? The cool thing about that kind of stuff is, like, generally, you actually kind of don't really need an office. You can kind of do things over, over like, Slack and all that kind of stuff. It's all pretty much over the phone and all that kind of stuff. That's kind of generally how, we, how, we've, uh, how we've always done it. So, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. So pandemic be damned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, but uh, uh, but yeah, so yeah, you know, some of that kind of stuff, and yeah, kind of. Uh, honestly, I've just kind of been, 
I, 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 I like since the pandemic started, pretty much I've been concentrating more like on like gardening, really. Nice. <laughs> I'm a gardener now. Yeah. Uh, uh, I feel like uh, I've been compared to Thanos after the snap. You know, kind of just like a, you've done all these things. Like now you can kind of just re- retire and run run your hands through, through your wheat field. You know, that kind of thing. Very, you know, very right. much like that. So. Exactly. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, now, now, what are you, you're not growing wheat, though. What are you growing? Uh, what are you growing in your yard here in Los Angeles? Uh, well, we have uh, our, our, all of our pumpkins are coming in. So we have, like, you know, probably we have about, about 10 or so already like harvested and probably about another 10 before uh, Halloween shows up. Uh, we do corn, uh, and they get they legitimately get like ten feet tall. Like they're actually higher than my hedges. Yeah, uh, it's kind of amazing. So, um, so you we pl- do eggplant, eggplant, egg okay. eggplant, mm-hmm. squash. You know, you name it, we do it. Man, I love eggplant. How do you how do you prepare eggplant? This is what I do. Okay, I love eggplant. This is sort of a new discovery for me because I didn't realize I loved eggplant so much until a couple of years ago when I started. I slice it. I put olive oil on it. I, I put some garlic salt on it, and then I throw it on the barbecue. That's exactly, it's pretty much almost exactly what I do. And just like, yeah, and you, you can't let it sit in the olive oil for too long, because otherwise it'll get soggy. You have to put it right on that grill. Like right. It, it really, you know, yeah, I, I do that. And sometimes I'll dice it, and I'll kind of like, you know, because we also, like, we have, like, squash, and we do potatoes, and things like that. So, like, I'll kind of dice everything and just do a quick succotash, like, just in a saute pan kind of thing, a little bit of garlic, you know, maybe some some chili flakes, you know, whatever, that kind of thing. But, yeah, I'm, I'm the cook in my household, so, yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah, all of our eggplants are starting to come in right now. Apparently, it's eggplant season, so. Yeah, so, 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 what, you, plant, uh, you, you plant an eggplant. What, do you, do you order the seeds online? Uh, yeah, pretty much. You can yeah, you can do it on, uh, online. Um, you can also uh, like what, a lot of what we'll do is you call into the store and like kind of see what they have. I do like a curbside pickup kind of deal. And so uh, you get. The, yeah. I'm just kind of curious to sort of understand the not to no pun intended, but to get into the weeds here on this on this gardening Tonight. thing. Um, but you know, actually, that wasn't in, that wasn't intended pun actually. But uh, um, so you plant the the eggplant seed. How long from putting the plant in the soil till you have a fully grown eggplant? How long? Is that weeks? Months? Uh, it's, it's more like months. Months. Really? You know, it's, yeah, what, 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 it was, yeah, probably, honestly, it was probably about a good, like, almost like three months or so. Um, the thing is, the bed that we originally had it in was like we had these uh, cucumber plants that kind of just, and, and squash plants that took over that whole bed. And so this poor, quivering, like tiny little eggplant kind of was not getting the, the air and the sun that it needed. And as soon as uh, it was time to cull all those, man, this thing just exploded. It's probably like, it's probably about four feet tall right now. And once, once it started giving fruit, it's like giving fruit like crazy. Like it started flowering, and now, boom, I like just this morning, like I'd say about. Three days ago, we had like kind of one coming from one of the flowers, and I went out there this morning. There's like seven of them on there. So, um, honestly, the hardest thing about gardening is trying to keep the pests uh, away and things like that. Uh, trying to keep like the raccoons and squirrels and and mice or rats away. But uh, it, it seems like we actually have it all under control. I mean, the, the rats ate more of our corn than we did, which is very upsetting. Wow. But, uh, um, so how wait, how do you but, keep, uh, how do you keep the squirrels away? I mean, I mean, we don't have to talk about that if if it's uh, oh, no, not no, a no, nice no, story, no. but. Uh, we do like non-lethal kind of things. Uh, yeah. Honestly, it's mint. We uh, we plant we planted like mint around the perimeter of our of our garden, and also we use these mint satchels. And I thought it was like oh, like I thought it was kind of this you know granola crunchy kind of hippy dippy like you know kind of thing that like holistic bullshit that's not going to work. And you know what? Totally freaking works. 
What, they just like, they just don't like the smell of the mint or something? Yep, I think it's that simple. It's really that simple. They just they get they, they they get repulsed by it, and boom. So that kept all them away, and then to keep the raccoons and uh, the squirrels away, uh, I it's funny. There's actually more than one website that'll do this. I spray uh, the whole property down in coyote urine. Whoa! Um, comes in a spray bottle. It's very very pungent. I highly recommend uh, uh, wearing gloves uh, because that smell will not come off your hands for a couple of days, and I know that from experience. Uh, um, and yet, no, you just spray the whole perimeter down and it kind of, it, it's very pungent and very like oaky, uh, uh, and it smells like pee, obviously. But, yeah. um, after, after a couple of hours, like you don't smell it anymore, but they certainly do. Like, honestly, the squirrels don't come on our property anymore. We have not had any problems with raccoons, stuff like that. So and wow. it's funny. I get it from a, I get it from a website. They, they sell coyote urine, they sell <laughs> wolf urine, they uh-huh. sell bobcat urine, they sell bear urine. And all I can think about is the poor bastard that has to go into the bear cage to collect its urine. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Like, how, <laughs> like who how do they do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have no idea, but you know what? I also, I don't mind keeping that a mystery. You know, like, it's like, I, I, I just kind of, I, I, just, I just kind of feel like it's some poor, like, farmhand, you know, yeah, who's just get, getting paid, like, 20 cents an hour. Yeah. Like, okay, go in that bear cage. Yeah. yeah. As long as I get my urine, I don't need to know where it comes from. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But goddamn, man, it works. But it works wonders. I swear to God, you know, so you just have to do it like every like, like two months or something like that, you know, or after the rains or things. And yeah, it actually works. So like, yeah, we have we have the pest like completely under control now. So does the did the idea of gardening come from this pandemic and the idea of being self-sufficient in case of sort of total chaos and a breakdown of, you know, the supply chain, you would be able to make grow your own food? Or were you already doing this before this craziness happened? Yeah, I, I, no, we, we started it during the pandemic. I mean, I think we, we had more time on our hands, so there was that. So it was kind of like time to pick up a new hobby, you know? I mean, I, I think starting a garden is like stage four out of the seven stages of pandemic grief. So, you know, yeah, so <laughs> we decided to do that. But, yeah, no, it was also uh, just like something I've kind of been interested in and so decided to, like, yeah, like kind of jump into it. And so, and, and you know, it's been it's been very fruitful. <laughs> yeah, but no, uh, I bet. But, yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool to go out there, like you know, like every morning, like you know, I I pick berries and tomatoes and peppers and jalapenos and stuff like that, and yeah, and, you know, and that's what and like I I I pick our dinner pretty much, you know, from our backyard. It's super cool, man. Just nice to be able to be outside doing something that's sort of real too. Like it feels like a real thing, something that human beings have done forever, right? It's 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 it yeah. Might, it kind of gets you in touch with yourself, I bet. As a, I'm, I'm about yeah, to do, it, 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 you know, yeah. I'm about to do something kind of not similar, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm about to jump in a van that I've just uh, built my studio in, or I'm building my studio in right now. And next week, I'm taking off in a van and I'm going out into nature, and I'm going to do my podcast out in the middle of of the wilderness for a for a I don't know how long actually, Macaulay, but I'm I'm going to be out there by myself <laughs> with my dog for a long time. And this may be the last why, episode. Why? Why? <laughs> why? Why? Well, well you know, I, I one, for one, I'm driving sort of towards uh, my family up in Canada. I, I didn't really want to get on a plane right now, and it's been a long time since I've seen them. Since the, I've been sort of quarantining my, by myself here for the last six months, which has been really weird, um, but interesting. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of slowly make my way across the country, and uh, and and when I got this van, I I started to look in. I started to realize there's all this cool new tech, like with batteries and stuff. So, 
you know, for the first time I realized, oh, I could actually like charge my camera battery and plug in my computer and not have to go to a hotel to recharge this stuff. There's a little solar panel on the roof and everything. And it's, you know, all, all oh, cool. reasonably, you know, it's not even really that, that you know, unattainable. It's not that expensive to get all this really cool stuff that you couldn't do five years ago, you know. So I'm just kind of intri- intrigued by it, you know, just going to go out in the mountains and see if I can do a podcast uh, by myself with my dog. <laughs> have, you, have you been growing a big bushy beard? Are you planning on doing that? Well, you know, I've had, I actually have had the beard for, uh, I've always sort of had a beard, but it has gone through stages of, of bushiness over the last, uh, it's not too bad right now, but my hair's longer than it's been in a long time. I'm kind of turning into a little bit of the, of the, the guy that lives in the van down by the river. I'm already in character yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, all you were missing was the van and here you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I just, I, I, I need to, to get out and do something and it's probably in some ways kind of what you're doing now, your your podcast though? Are you doing the podcast? Is it weekly? Are you are you having people call in and? Uh, I'm on like an extended hiatus kind of thing. It was just like I, it was actually before the pandemic. I was like, oh okay, like in New Year's, I was like, okay, gonna kind of slow down a little bit. Like it was starting to feel a little bit like a job, you know? And, yeah. And like I, I like having a job, you know. I had a I had a job when I was nine, you know. So you know, <laughs> it, 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 it's afforded me the luxury of not having a job now, you know. Yeah. And so. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no, so I've been taking a break and then the pandemic hit and if anything, you know, I, it was kind of, I had two schools of thought on the whole thing. It's like, well, one, well, actually it'd probably be almost easier to get guests, you know, cause we can just do everything remotely and all that kind of stuff. But also I kind of like, you know, I like the fact that like Tom Green and I are smoking cigarettes in my living room. Like, I like that. Like I had like Tony Hawk on the show. I'm like, holy shit, Tony Hawk's in my, you know, is sitting, you know, sitting at my dining room table. Yeah. Like, isn't that cool? Like, it's that kind of thing. I, I, I like kind of that aspect of it. But also, it was kind of turning, like, too much into, like, an interview show. And I didn't really want to, like, you know, I don't want to be, you know. I'm not, I didn't get into this to become, like, Barbara Walters or nothing like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, it was kind of like, no, it's like kind of, so there's a little bit of that. Like, it was kind of like trying to book guests and, like, call in favors. And it's like, I, you know, like, no. Like, I, I, I wanted to kind of be fun. And I was kind of losing a little bit of the joy in it. So, I figured I'd take a little bit of time off. So, I, you know, I'm kind of in the middle of taking some time off now. And then uh, um, and then I'm starting um, American Horror Story. Uh, I'm going to be doing this next season of it. Uh, oh, so wow. I'm going to be jumping. I actually, I would have been, actually, if it wasn't for the pandemic, it'd probably be on air right now. Like, I was actually supposed to shoot it, like, in March. Uh, uh, so, you know, and, like, you know, I, I just obviously haven't been able to do that. So I was kind of take. I was originally taking a break also because I was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, I, I got this gig, so I'm going to be working for the next three months. And I want to wrap my head around that. Uh, and make that my number one priority. And then the pandemic happened, but I just kind of never really picked up the podcast again. But, you know, it's one of those things where, like, you know, just, I just need kind of a little bit of break just because I was getting a little burnout from it. So when you do a, a, a role in American Horror Story, do you, can you tell us a little bit about your character now, or is that not to be revealed yet? And, and if you can, uh, like, I, I, you know. I'm not sure what the rules are, really. Uh, uh, here's, here's what uh, uh, um, Ryan Murphy, when he called me up, uh, he said, "Look, he goes. Uh, uh, I, I want you to be. Uh, I, I want you to be. Uh, you're going to be uh, handsome and well dressed. Um, and uh, 90% of your scenes are with Kathy Bates, and uh, you're going to have some sex scenes with her. And my response was, "Well, it's the part I was born to play. Wow! You know, yeah. Wow. And, wow, yeah. And I was, 
I was supposed to start in March, and I still haven't even bought Kathy Bates' steak dinner yet. So, you know, like, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for this production to start. But <laughs> at the same time, I'm also not necessarily in a hurry considering we don't have a vaccine yet. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of shitting my pants, you know, because it was a uh, Ryan Murphy went on Instagram and was like, okay, we're starting production in October. This is like, I don't know, like, like three weeks ago or something like that. And it was one of those things where I was like, I'm not sure how I feel about getting updates about my job on Instagram. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So I, I have no idea what's going on. I don't even know when we're starting or anything like that. So, you know, so I'm, I'm in a holding pattern right now, but man, it's, it's totally fine with me. You know, it, it, I, I only do gigs because they, you know, because they sound like fun kind of thing. So no, it's, you know, he sold me. It sounded like fun. So, do you, you know, I, 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 I don't shit myself when I don't have a gig, you know, like one of the, one of the worst things you can ever ask an actor is what are you doing next? Because, you know, like you could be standing up there, you could have an Oscar in your hand, and you'd be at the top of your game, you know, in the top of your field, winning the top award, and it's still not good enough. You know, like, what are you doing next? And it's like, you know, so it, like, it, it induces panic in a lot of, like, actors. And I've, I've never really felt that way. You know, like, it's kind of like, yeah, no, I, I, I got nothing. I, you know, I, I might take the next 10 years off for all I know kind of thing. So I, I'm not super reliant on, 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 uh, getting the gratification of like constantly being in motion. Like I don't, I don't necessarily need that, you know, kind of thing. I, I kind of let like certain kind of gigs like kind of come and go like, you know, like the tides. That's kind of a, a nice place to be for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, do you think cause you were so successful when you were young and you've been doing this your whole life, you just kind of found a, a I mean, is that part of the reason why you found that comfort or, or, or where does that come from? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it I honestly, I, I, cause I've never really kind of felt that way. And the business actually kind of tries to do that to you. Like you have to be in perpetual motion. Otherwise you're going to drown. Uh, um, and I kind of just like, no, I never, I never felt that way. I mean, I think, uh, I think some of it is the, uh, uh, one I think is I have financial security, which is always a good thing, you know, so there's that. So I'm, I'm not working for my dinner. Um, and it's also, it just, it, it was, it just was never my number one priority. I mean, look, I, I've, I've made my, I've actually, I've made my mark on, on the business and things like that. I, I've made my mark. I've made my name. I've made my fortune. So like what, what else is there to really kind of do kind of thing? Like I don't have a higher aspirations when it comes to that kind of thing. So it's only things that, you know, stimulate me creatively, you know? So I, you know, so if you see me doing a gig, it's because I want to be there. It's not because I need to be there, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Is there, is, what's your, like, do you have a process just technically with acting that somebody who doesn't know anything about acting, like me, for example, uh, or, or, (laughs) (laughs) or, or my listeners, you know, like when you get a character in American Horror Story or anything for that matter, do you, do you, do you mentally sort of start trying to become that character? Like you hear about people doing method acting or what do you do? Do you just learn the lines and kind of imagine how you will play it? I mean, what, what is the process? Well, I mean, for for me, a lot of what I do is uh, okay. Like uh, it, it's uh, it's like samurai. All right, a samurai draws his sword from his sheath like like thousands of times yeah. over and over. That's like part of his practice, you know. So that when it comes time to like pull that sword out, it is one fluid motion, and everything is just you know har- harmonious kind of thing. Yeah. And so I. Th- Learning some of the technical things, like just getting your lines down and things like that, just knowing what to say and all that kind of stuff. Boom, you have that. So now that when it comes time, it becomes effortless. Like, you know, like it's you're not thinking of what the response is to when someone speaks to you. You already you just naturally just say it. 
so certain things like that, having that kind of technical kind of aspect is, is kind of what, I, you know, what I kind of like to do. But also I, I kind of like to wing it a lot of times when it comes to, you know, just just kind of like improving and things like that, kind of just throwing some things out there. And, uh, you know, and I, I've learned over the years that uh, just never, never ask the director. <laughs> just do it. And, you know, and if he hates it, then cool. Then you do it a different way, that kind of thing. But, you know, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Because right. let's say, you know, you have, let's say you have a really, really good idea and the director's like, nah, and then you do it anyway, you're a big fat dick who's not listening. Uh -huh. But if you just do you know what I mean? Like sometimes you'll, you know, you'll trip and fall into a lot of things. So, you know, like if you have some, if you feel like strongly about an idea, just put it out there and like, boom, there it is. That kind of thing. So, you know, it, it, it depends on the, the circumstance. Like certain people, certain directors are like, they love to, they, they get married to their words. So you have to like, you know, you have to say it exactly the way that it's written kind of thing. But for the most part, I like working with people who are a little looser with those kind of rules and kind of will let you, let you kind of play. I mean, the idea is that, you know, it's, it, the idea is that the, the set should be a sandbox and, you know, you should be able to, they should hand you the ability to make sand castles if you want to, or just uh, put your, you know, just make fists with your toes in the sand. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 it should be that as opposed to, you know, something a little more rigid. That, that, that's at least the way I prefer it. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I, 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 I can imagine just having that kind of comfort level too, of just having been doing it for so long must be kind of, uh, liberating, right? Just to kind of feel just the ability to just kind of try stuff and be natural and not be caught up in your head as much. You know, it's one of those things just because I've been, you know, doing this for like so long. I mean, I've been doing this, you know, I've been doing this longer than my girlfriend's been alive, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know and it's not like I have like an 18 year old girlfriend, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's one of those always kind of, I've always like, I'm kind of always an elder statesman on, on my sets. Kind of thing, like you know, you, even if people are like twenty years older than me, a lot of times I've been doing this longer, or at least they assume I've been doing it for longer. Everyone just assumes I've been doing this forever, which I mean, I kind of have, but you know, at the same time, like yeah, so like I, they, a lot of times creatively, they'll give me a wide berth, kind of thing. So you know, they'll they'll let me play around, you know, and as, as long you know, it, as long as I. I as long as they draw within the lines, you know, that works kind of thing, you know, like, you know, like, you know, let's say it's a, a coloring book and it's a, it's a horse kind of thing. It's like, yeah, I can draw within the lines, but I'm going to, I might want to make that horse purple, you yeah. know, and I'm like, all right, cool. Now go for it kind of thing. So like, that's, I kind of have a, like, like having that kind of freedom. What's it like when you, cause you started so young, do you remember a time when you didn't have that comfort or were you just, cause you're, you're a little kid when you made your first films, were you just sort of so naturally kind of, uh, outgoing that you kind of were able to just do it? Or do you remember the first time you, I mean, I had a bunch of questions in there, but do you remember the first time you were acting and you said, I know how to do this. This is, this is cool. You know, honestly, I was always, honestly, I was always kind of charismatic and I was always like just very, very outgoing and things like that. So yeah, it always kind of felt very natural and stuff like that. Like it was just like, you know, do this thing, but do it funny. I'm like, okay, cool. I can do that. You know, I, I yeah, do, do this, but be sweet. I'm like, okay, I can be sweet. You know, for, for me, it, it's weird. Cause it's like, I only have perspective now that I'm older, now that I actually have actual perspective. But back then it was kind of, no, that was just the way that things were. Do you know what I mean? When you're that young, you don't really realize that like, you know, like, 
for me, my career trajectory was the way it's supposed to be. Like, okay, you know, you, you do some smaller parts and then you get some bigger parts and then you get bigger parts and then you become a big fat movie star and then boom, there you go. It's, it's a, it's the hero's journey, you know, kind of thing. And so like, you know, it wasn't until I got older and I had some perspective where I was like, Oh, that just, that's not how it works with everyone else necessarily. Uh You know, that's not, you know, like, but you know, like some, for some people like they are more, you know, method actors or this and that, or some people like, yeah, like, do you really want to, you know, work their, their craft and go to Juilliard and things like that? Like, yeah, and all, they're all, there's a zillion different ways of doing the same job kind of thing. But, uh, uh, but for me, it's like I said, like, I kind of just, I kind of just did it. Like, you know, just the way that you, like when you're a kid, you kind of just, you just do things, you know? So it's not until I got older, I was like, oh, I guess like, you know, how unique, you know, just my position was, but also I guess my general attitude kind of thing is, you know? It's interesting, you know, I, when I, you know, like, I don't know if this is a weird thing to talk about, but, you know, probably is. But, you know, I remember when my show first came out on MTV and all of a sudden people sort of started acting a little differently, you know, and you realize, oh, this is weird. Everyone's acting a little differently. But do kids do that? Like when you're a little kid and you're a big movie star, do other kids kind of give a damn and act differently around you? Like, is oh, there, oh, totally. are, are little kids on pins and needles like, oh, should we go say hi to Macaulay? And, or, or are they just kind of like, hey, let's go play? You know, what's, I mean, do you, you no, must. No, it, it, it was definitely more of, the, more of the first one, for sure. Uh, you know, I want, uh, you know, especially because, you know, I, when I was like in my neighborhood, like that, like, oh, I was, I was the kid who like did some acting and occasionally did some gigs. Like, oh, isn't that neat? And then, like, you know, and then I remember when Uncle Buck came out, it was like, oh, that's kind of a big deal. Like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, like, there you go. And once Home Alone came out, like, I wasn't a neighborhood kid anymore. You know, like, all those kids that I used to, like, play with, like, you know, down the street are now, like, you know, peeking in their, peeking in my window or something like that. Or, you know, now, like, you know, my friend Jimmy wants an autograph. I'm just like, what are you, what are you doing, Jimmy? You know, uh-huh. that, you know, like, and was so, that, yeah, was no, that I mean, hard to deal with or was that, was that? It must have been kind of hard to deal with. All of a sudden, you have the separation between you and your playmates, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's, you know, yes, yes, it's weird and things like that. But again, when you're a kid, you don't really have that kind of perspective. So it kind of like it was just the way it is. And like, you know, at the very least, like, I mean, what else am I going to do? Like, I, I, you just kind of dealt with it. And that's kind of what became what life was. You mentioned, so, like, un- yeah. yeah, you mentioned Uncle Buck. I mean, I have to ask you about John Candy, not only because I'm a comedian, but also I'm Canadian. And uh, John Candy is one of the greatest ever. I mean, do you have any f- memories of working with the legendary John Candy that you could share with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, he was, I mean, he was great. He was actually really, you know, because God bless, uh, you know, some of the people I worked with when I was younger, just because, you know, kids are freaking obnoxious. You know, I, I've worked with kids. I'm like, oh my God, I hate working with kids. Uh, uh, but he was really, really great with us, man. Uh, uh, you know, he, uh, you know, always, always got a, he always got a kick out. Cause I, I used to hang out with the Teamsters. So he always got a real big kick out of that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, like I, didn't, I didn't hang out with the other kids. I hung out with the, the dang teamsters. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, I remember he got, uh, uh, it was John Hughes's uh, birthday uh, and he got, he got him a party clown kind of thing. And it was like, Oh, isn't that cute? Like he got him a guy, you know, a clown, like, you know, like, like as if he was a, a five-year-old, like, Oh, like hey, little Johnny boy kind of thing. But then also, then he also, apparently he waited till the kids were offset and also got him like a full on, like, like one of those like kind of just really dirty kind of like gross like truck stop kind of strippers right <laughs> uh, 
I just remember hearing stories about that, and I was like, oh, I, I guess I missed that part. You know, they, yeah. the clown part. Yeah, sure. You know, I remember that. You know, yeah. but he was. But again, he generally he was actually really, really good with us kids and stuff. And he was he was he was a good dude. He was a good dude. So yeah, we were you know we were we were friendly enough. Uh, I didn't I didn't uh, work. I, he was in Home Alone, but I didn't have any scenes with him. And God bless him. He shot like all that stuff, like something like in about like like 24 or 30 hours, like straight. Cause that's the only time that he had. So like all of the scenes were done in one straight shot, uh, kind of thing. But I made sure to go out of my way to come to set that day. And especially with that movie. And I had like no days off. Cause I'm, I'm like literally like in every freaking scene, it seems like, yeah. uh, and so, but yeah, no, I, I, I took, I took my, uh, took my day off anyway and came to the set just to say hi to him and stuff. Cause that, that's, that's how, you know, that's, you know, that's how much I adored him. Yeah. Well, I mean, what was it about him that was just so special? I mean, it was just his his energy was just so so sort of radiated off the screen in a way, right? Yeah, and you know, and especially like again, like when it came when it came to like you know working with you know us kids and stuff like that, like he he did a really good job of like kind of like nurturing this kind of fun relationship with us uh, that I think comes through in the film itself. You know, it, it's, you know, it almost sounds like it's manipulative in that, you know, when I kind of phrase it that way, like, you know, but, but no, he was actually like, yeah, he actually was co- cultivating like, you know, a legitimate like friendship, you know, with us kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it was, it was very, it was very smart. And it was also, it, it, it made me comfortable, you know, it made me want to play with him kind of thing. And so I, I remember the first, uh, uh, when I auditioned, uh, for it, I was in final callbacks, uh, for, for uncle Buck. And I don't remember the whole thing. I just remember, uh, I remember at one point I ended up, I, I ended up crawling between his legs and I think I was holding onto his leg and he was dragging me across the floor and stuff like that. Wow. And yeah, it, yeah, it was like, yeah, like I, I, I don't even sure if we ended up doing the scene and like, it was just kind of, we were just goofing off. And he was like, yeah, no, like literally like before I even walk out of the room, like you got the part. I'm like, all right, cool. There we go. Look, uh, there, you know, I was always unfazed, like, you know, like, yeah, like it's, I was unfazed with meeting celebrities kind of thing. So, so yeah, like it was no big deal. Like, oh, John Candy. Yeah. I've seen you on TV before. All right. No, let's, let, no, let's, let's go do something. You know, let, let's go, let's go do this audition or let's go, you know, yeah. uh, and I think that, I think that was one of those things that, uh, was to my advantage, uh, you know, like growing up kind of thing. I was never starstruck by my co-stars. Having been grown, something- grown up in it and been in it since so young, it, it was normal. Whereas, yeah, for me, you know, when I was just discovering what comedy was, right, I was watching SCTV, you know, Canadian mm-hmm. SCTV with John Candy and Martin Short and, you know, Eugene Levy and all the, and Joe Flaherty, all these, yep. hilarious, right? And you're sitting there as a kid watching it. And, you know, when I say a kid, I mean, I'm at this point, I was like, you know, 14 years old or something and watching this thinking this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's sort of a bit mind blowing, though, to, for me to sort of um, just when, just hearing you tell that story of being a little kid, you know, playing, grabbing onto John Candy's leg and not being phased by it. That almost like kind of, you know, it sort of puts me in a little bit of a, a mind warp, you know, like, whoa, how is that even possible? I couldn't even imagine having that memory. You know, that must be you, do you ever do you ever pinch yourself and go like, whoa, that that's amazing. Or, or you just it's just normal, right? Man, I love, no, I mean, a lot of times I look back on my life, you know, and go like, wow, man, I've done some really cool ass things. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I do feel satisfied, you know, with, with, you know, my, 
you know, with, with my life. And like, yeah, like, it's like, yeah, those, like, you know, sometimes in the moment, you know, you kind of just like you're living your life and you're, or you're doing your job or those kind of things. But yeah, no, when I look back, I go, fuck man, I've gotten to do all kinds of really cool, fun things, you know? Yeah. Just whatever, you know? So it's like, yes, no, it, it, it dawns on me all the time. And again, that goes back to the perspective now that you have perspective now that I'm uh, an older gentleman, uh, who, you know, uh, yeah, I have, I have perspective that I didn't have before. Yes, an older gentleman growing eggplant in the backyard during a pandemic. That's Absolutely. me. Yeah, I, got, I, got, I got a little gray in my beard now, too. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Well, hey, Macaulay, look, listen, I appreciate you calling, man. I, uh, I had so much fun doing your podcast, and certainly if you started up again, I would love to come back and smoke a few more cigarettes and drink a few more uh, Pinot Grigios with you at 9 o'clock in the morning, but... Uh, that, that sounds fantastic. Let's 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 you know, let's let's, let, let, let's make a plan of it after you get out of your van and after this pandemic's over. But let's let's make a date. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Well, hey man, I appreciate it. I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Be be safe and uh, and uh, you know you know scare off those squirrels, man. Get that coyote urine out and uh, keep them out of your. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you have you have a you have a good trip, my friend. And yeah, stay in touch. Wasn't that great? Thanks, Macaulay. That was awesome. I love talking to Macaulay Culkin. Uh, it was a great conversation, and uh, what a what a awesome dude, man. He is super funny too. You got to go check out BunnyEars.com. It is so hilarious. I love the writing on there. It is just reminds me, like I like I said in the interview of the old Mad Magazine. National Lampoon magazines from the 70s and 80s when I was growing up, which just were always hilarious. It's great writing, and uh, check it out. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Tom Green Interview. And uh, every week, there's going to be a new episode now. Thank you to Audio Up. And uh, I am now on the road in a van. If you want to see what I'm up to, uh, go check out my Instagram at Tom Green or my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Tom Green. I'll, I'll be honest with you on YouTube. There's going to be some very cinematic uh, videos and films that I'm going to be producing myself. They're going up there. Some of them will be also featured on Instagram, but it'll be a better viewing experience on YouTube. And if you use, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but if you use uh, Chrome, the browser Chrome, uh, then you'll be able to watch in 4K. Uh, Safari only uh, actually supports 1080, and your phone only supports 720p. So for the best viewing experience, watch it on Chrome, on your computer, or on your TV, and you'll get a 4K uh, viewing of my uh, films that I'm making out on the, on the range, on the open road, uh, in my new van with my dog Charlie, and, uh, and I'm really getting into this. I've been doing camera tests all week. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be making some uh, really, really cool little weird little productions. And I, I can't wait for you to check it out. So with that being said, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week. Everyone, be safe. Talk to you soon. Bye. y'all i'm uncle drank star of the ballad of uncle drank it is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me fictional golf and western country music pioneer uncle drank the series also stars luke wilson brian kelly chelsea lynn kinky friedman and billy zane as a talking blender named blendy you can find the ballad of uncle drank on sirius xm pandora stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts